0: Welcome, I'm Prudence Robertson, and this is EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. Protecting the unborn. Republican lawmakers on Capitol Hill talk the 2022 spending bill, the Hyde Amendment, and the unborn child tax credit. We speak to the chair of the Senate Pro-Life Caucus, Senator Steve Daines of Montana, who is working to support expectant moms. And we get his thoughts on where things stand with the Hyde Amendment and other pro-life riders. Human rights violations. Human rights activists are speaking out against the Chinese Communist Party as the 2022 Winter Olympics are held in Beijing. Nina Shea, director of the Center for Religious Freedom at the Hudson Institute, joins us to discuss diplomatic boycotts against the Olympic Games and the persecution of the Uyghur population and minority groups in Communist China baby donations. A Catholic school in Washington, D.C. donates baby items to a pro-life pregnancy center in the nation's capital as part of Catholic Schools Week. The executive director of the pregnancy center shares her gratitude and appreciation and tells us how these baby items will help expecting mothers in need. Congressional lawmakers are still in negotiations when it comes to the 2022 spending bill. But there is one thing that Republican lawmakers are certain about, and that is the inclusion of the Hyde Amendment and other pro-life riders. Meanwhile, pro-life lawmakers in the Senate have reintroduced the Child Tax Credit for Pregnant Moms Act, a bill aimed at allowing mothers to claim the child tax credit while pregnant. All 13 Republican senators who signed the act say the pro-life bill will provide relief to families as they prepare to welcome new children. In explaining the need for this bill, lawmakers cite increased costs of raising a child and the need to support and treat expectant mothers with dignity and respect. And joining us now from Capitol Hill is Republican Senator Steve Daines of Montana, founder and chair of the Senate Pro-Life Caucus. Senator, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I wanted to get started by discussing that you and several of your pro-life colleagues have reintroduced the Child Tax Credit for Pregnant Moms Act. Why is this bill important and what is going to go into this bill becoming law?
1: Well, a couple very important reasons. Uh, Number one, it recognizes the fact that an unborn child is a child and parents should be getting a tax credit for that unborn child. But second, uh, these expectant moms and expectant families oftentimes have a lot of additional costs. Uh, getting set up perhaps for that first child or for any new baby it just reflects the fact that there's additional expenses involved with a new baby we want to make sure that uh, moms uh, get a break here and get uh, a tax break but also there's another important reason i might add and that is you know, the birth rate in the united states continues to decline we need to have more babies our birth rate now is below the replenishment number, which is you know, 2.1 live births per couple. We're down just a little bit above 1.6. We're at the lowest birth rate in our nation's history. So I think as policymakers, we need to be protecting life, of course, helping expectant moms, of course, but also promoting policies that encourage having more children. We need more babies.
0: Mm. could not agree more. And, Senator, how does the bill work? When exactly will mothers receive the credit?
1: Well, they'd receive the credit. Depends on uh, when they get pregnant, but they'll receive the credit if they are pregnant during a tax year. They get the credit looking back uh, in that in that current year, or if they get pregnant in you know, in, the, in the first part of a year, you get it in that year. So it just depends on when the pregnancy occurs. We've got the mechanics worked out. They make complete sense. Uh, it's a very workable solution. Think of it this way. Think of it. As, it's, it's like a child tax credit times two for that first year that baby comes into and comes into the world and that's just a great help here for expectant moms.
0: Mm, Yes, and the bill makes it clear that these funds will not be given to women who decide to have an abortion. How will that be monitored?
1: Yeah, well, uh, there might be a situation where there might be a stillborn birth as an example, and um, a physician can present a, a stillborn certificate and maybe be eligible for the tax credit. But if a baby is aborted, of course, there'd be no credit allowed.
0: Mm, I see. And I wanted to get your thoughts on the status of the 2022 spending bill as well while we have you. We know that government funding is set to run out on February 18th. And Capitol Hill correspondent for EWTN News Nightly Eric Rosales had a good conversation with Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma last week. This is what he said.
1: I've actually talked to some of the leaders in the negotiation yesterday about this. They're assuring me hide protections are going to be there, Weldon protections are going to be there. That's They're saying news. all of those things are going to be there. They're not going to budge on
0: Senator, where are we now with the 2022 spending bill? Can we really be assured that these pro-life provisions will be included?
1: We've been fighting hard. I think the answer is yes. Uh, we have made it very clear with the leadership that if you remo- remove any Hyde protections, those are poison pills. That means the the spending bill would not pass. So I'm I'm confident because of the a, a unified pro-life front within Republican senators, we have the votes to uh, to stop any spending bill that would remove the high protections. Because of that, they're going to be included in this latest spending bill.
0: Mm. Senator Steve Daines of Montana, thank you for holding the line and for your strong pro-life leadership. Thank you. And joining us now via Skype to talk more about the latest pro-life news on Capitol Hill is Marjorie Dannenfelser, president of the Susan B. Anthony List. So glad you could join us today, Marjorie.
2: Hey, Prudence. Thanks
0: for having me on. Of course. I know that you know Senator Danes very well. He is the chair of the pro-life caucus. What are some of the biggest ways that the pro-life caucuses in both the House and Senate have advanced the cause of unborn life recently?
2: These caucuses are really important. Um, I actually was the director of the House Pro-Life Caucus a million years ago. Um, and Senator Daines is the founding chair of the Pro-Life Caucus in the Senate. It's really vital because it's where they get together, they discuss and vet, uh, message all the issues that are, are coming up that are related to pro-life. Senators are so incredibly busy that sometimes they they just don't even know that uh, that something's happening. Um, and so they they uh need the leadership that Senator Daines provides to get them focused, to get them on message, to may help them be as ambitious as they can possibly be, and to make sure that it's kind of a whip team uh, for life when it comes to votes coming up, mm. making sure that everybody in the loop knows what to do and how to vote.
0: So important. And Marjorie, shifting gears, I want to ask you, how will this idea of a child tax credit being extended to pregnant moms play into a post-Roe world? I know that this is something SBA List has advocated for for years now.
2: It is, and it makes total sense that you get a tax credit for your child when the child has come into being, which is, of course, at conception um not waiting for the for the child to be born the expenses and costs uh, at that time especially if you're facing an unexpected pregnancy can be daunting so a tax credit makes total sense it's a complete pro life move it's very difficult for folks on the even on the other side of this issue to say no I don't want a tax credit for a pregnant mom mm. so it's a real winner of an issue and more importantly it will concretely serve women and children Uh, who
0: need the help. Mm. And I wanted to get your thoughts on some other pro-life news. The Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals just recently allowed Tennessee's anti-discriminatory abortion bill to remain in effect. I understand you spoke to Tennessee Governor Bill Lee about this. What did he have to say?
2: Well, he's just incredibly excited. This is a governor I've met with many lately, and he is very special. He is very strong. Um, he, of course, really always appreciates the support of the pro-life movement, um, but every time I talk to him, he says, this is what I was put here to do. This is my job. So he'll accept the thanks, but in great humility. The significance of this particular bill is, is vital too. It's a non-discrimination bill. So you can't discriminate for reasons of race, gender, or, uh, or disability. And uh, the Sixth Circuit allowing this go into effect is a huge win. Uh, it's also something that hasn't been happening uh, in, in for the last 50 years. So allowing this bill to go into effect and then um, acknowledging that Indiana has a, a similar bill signed by Governor Pence at the time that was not allowed to go into effect means there's a disagreement in among in, between uh, two circuit uh, courts. And so that disagreement brings the Supreme Court into the uh, decision-making there And it's further pressure on the court to resolve uh, the Dobbs decision, uh, looking at the overturn of Roe versus Wade in our direction. So Mm -hmm. it's fantastic, leadership is beautiful, he deserves all of our love
0: and praise. Yes. And one final question, Marjorie, you along with fellow pro-life advocates are advocating for more resources for families, we're following abortion law on the courts closely. What else is the pro-life movement doing to prepare for the years ahead?
2: Well, we and our allies all across the pro-life movement are very focused on serving the needs of women and children after we pray Roe is either partially or completely in the dustbin of history. When there are more unexpected pregnancies, um, and there will be more unexpected pregnancies than we've ever been faced with, we need to be ready. We need to be ready in love to serve woman and child, especially in those first two years of the baby's life. Um, So what our work at Susan B. Anthony lists through her plan is to lift up all of the services that are already available, find out where the gaps are in every state, and make sure that the community is connected to those services. And most importantly, the mother up in the middle of the night wondering what in the world is she going to do when she wakes up tomorrow and faces the day,
0: and what will she do? She can't be alone. Mm -hmm. We need to be walking with her very concretely and in love. Yes, such important work that you're doing, and it's always a joy to speak with you. Marjorie Dannenfelser, president of the Susan B. Anthony List. Thank you. Thank you, Prudence. Human rights activists are opposing the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing, China, due to multiple genocides taking place at the hands of the Chinese Communist Party. In this first full week of the Games, reports show that not only are Uyghur Muslims facing ongoing persecution from the Chinese, a minority spiritual meditation group known as Falun Gong are the victims of a second ongoing genocide. For 20 years now, the CCP has claimed intent to snuff out this population and subjected these people to involuntary medical procedures that ultimately kill them. Things like organ harvesting, mass internment, and torture. For more on this Olympic controversy, we're joined now by Nina Shea, director of the Center for Religious Freedom at the Hudson Institute. Nina, thanks so much for joining us. And for those of us who haven't been following this as closely, can you explain how the Chinese Communist Party has been persecuting the Uyghur population and now those who are members of Falun Gong as well?
3: Yes, well, great to be with you, Prudence, and 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 to have a chance to explain this because the um, medical advanced medical te- te- techniques have been used to uh, suppress and actually uh, block the um, birth rate of Uyghur Muslims, and that was um, that's not a secret. That's what the U.S. government recognized under. Uh, the last administration and the current administration, and and as Secretary Pompeo wrote in the Wall Street Journal at the time, that the key thing was forced abortions and forced sterilization of the Uyghur Muslim women so that they could not reproduce and have children, and that that is now reflected in the um, population growth rates in China. And this was a deliberate policy by the president of china Xi, who's also the secretary general of the uh, communist party there and um, he said to show them no mercy well the similar thing is now being done with or has been done for quite a while with this falun gong meditation group this was a very large group that's sort of an offshoot of buddhism that numbered about 70 million um, back in 1999. That's when it was banned. And at the time, uh, President uh, Jiang Zemin said uh, to eliminate them. And that's in the uh, State Department uh, country report, uh, religious freedom report for China. And um, this was also uh, the, uh, the, um, it it, it, it triggered the creation of a, a secret extrajudicial committee within the CCP to carry this out. And the main way they've done this is through the medical procedure of using them as a living bank for human organ transplants. So these innocent people were detained in very large numbers. They still are. And um, the evidence started uh, trickling out over the years um, that this was because, uh, that, that they were disappearing in these detention camps because they were being involuntarily screened for their organ type, they were being matched with people seeking organ transplants, and that they were being murdered in the prisons or in hospitals, even on the operating table, um, by having their organs, their hearts, lungs, livers, kidneys, excised. And, um, there's a lot of data that was assembled and testimony of, um, witnesses to, to show this. My goodness. Um, Unfortunately, it has not been recognized by the U.S. government or anybody else Mm. of authority.
0: I see. And yes, we know that nine countries, including the U.S., have announced diplomatic boycotts against the Olympic Games being held in Beijing due to this. But our American athletes are still competing. What do these diplomatic boycotts really do, Nina?
3: Well, um, they're better than nothing. Um, It is a slight to the People's Republic of China, but they still are able to uh, try to transmit their propaganda and show a very happy face on Mm -hmm. the whole uh, picture, even though there's tremendous repression, including religious
0: genocide, going on at this time. Yes. Um, What we need to do is have a more comprehensive um, policy. Mm -hmm. And to that point, in the Olympic opening ceremonies, I understand the Chinese chose an athlete of Uyghur descent Mm -hmm. to light the Olympic torch. What kind of statement is China trying to make here? Well, they're trying to show that they are uh, not
3: persecuting Uyghurs and that they love Uyghurs, but we know uh, for a fact that this is a genocide. They have erected concentration camps where one to three million have been interned in them without due process of any kind in order to brainwash them or to disappear them. And by the way, they are victims of the same organ harvesting Um, forcible organ harvesting procedure Mm. um, in China. But meanwhile, our medical professionals um, in the transplant uh, field are cooperating and supporting the Chinese uh, organ transplant industry.
0: Mm. This this has got to stop. It does, yes. And we are so thankful to you for exposing the reality of this. Nina Shea, Mm -hmm. director of the Center for Religious Freedom at the Hudson Institute. Thank you. Thank you. Coming up, Apple introduces pregnant man and pregnant person emojis, I speak out. Plus, a Catholic school in Washington, D.C. donates baby items to a local pro-life pregnancy center as part of Catholic Schools Week. We have the details next. Welcome back to EWTN Pro-Life Weekly, I'm Prudence Robertson. Pro-abortion advocates vandalize a pro-life billboard in Mississippi and then gloat about it on social media. In Decline, a so-called activist art collective group, which holds pro-abortion views, admitted to the crime. They wrote on one billboard, quote, Abortion pills are available by mail. Amelia Bono, a prominent pro-abortion activist, took to Twitter to celebrate the crime and wrote, That's better. The pro-life organization Oasis Medical Center is believed to be the sponsor of the vandalized billboard. They have not commented on the incident. According to court documents, a Florida teen will be permitted to discuss ending her pregnancy with an abortionist without her parents' consent. The 17-year-old from Tampa won an appeal in which she challenged a 2020 Florida law which requires individuals under the age of 18 to have parental consent before talking to an abortionist. The teen mother cited her financial instability as her motive to end the life of her child. According to court documents, the teen explained that she believes her parents would oppose an abortion if they knew she was expecting and pro-abortion student advocates at Ohio State University are hosting a quote sex week one of the events includes thanking abortion businesses for ending the lives of unborn babies students will be creating cards which will then be mailed to these businesses Fox News reached out to the university and were told the school is committed to free speech Apple is introducing Pregnant Man and Pregnant Person emojis. That is this week's Speak Out segment. (music) To the chagrin of many Apple users, the big tech corporation has rolled out Pregnant Man and Pregnant Person emojis as part of its latest software update. While downloading the update is voluntary for now, all Apple users will be forced to add these emojis to their phone later this year. Many entertainment and political leaders, such as Piers Morgan, Tucker Carlson, Marco Rubio, and others, have expressed disgust at this, sharing the sentiment that the world has simply gone nuts. The technology at the fingertips of even small children show that there's no telling the amount of confusion these new emojis will lead to when it comes to understanding the fundamental difference between men and women. Emoji creators claim to do this in an effort to, quote, be inclusive with gender, and the general goal is to standardize inconsistencies in legacy decisions. Still trying to make sense of that one. We need to follow the simple science on this. Men cannot get pregnant. Not only is this misinformation, but it's demeaning to men and women alike. It denies the unique differences between them and belittles the true honor that women alone have to bring children into the world. You can voice your concerns about this with Apple by calling them at 408-996-1010. A D.C. Catholic school has donated baby items to a local pro-life pregnancy center in the nation's capital. Sacred Heart School in D.C. held a donations drive as part of their Catholic Schools Week initiative. Students were given the opportunity to bring items to the school, such as diapers, formula, and baby wipes, in order to help women who seek assistance from the Northwest Center. The Pregnancy Center has been serving women in the D.C. area since 1981. Their goal is to empower, strengthen, and defend life. Joining us now is Susan Gallucci, executive director of the Northwest Center in Washington, D.C. Susan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, Sacred Heart School collected baby items during Catholic Schools Week. Could you tell us about this initiative and how it impacted the pregnancy center?
4: Yes, I think it's been maybe over eight or nine years that they've collected for us and brought donations. It's a wonderful way for them to know because they're within walking distance about their local pregnancy center. I remember several years ago, one of the students even remembered that his mom went there with his younger Um, sibling. So it's a wonderful way for us to be reminded that we're part of the community to see the young students learn about a pregnancy center and what it means to be pro-life at all different ages from, you know, the kindergartners to the older kids, really just what that means from you know, giving someone an extra set of diapers or wipes to the work that's a little more complicated when you're talking about a woman who's facing an unplanned pregnancy and is scared and confused and not sure where they can turn. So we rely on schools and churches and donors to provide us with those items so we can provide them to families. And we're so grateful.
0: And could you speak a bit more about how your pro-life pregnancy center helps expecting mothers in need?
4: So we provide free pregnancy tests and option obviously for adoption or continuing their pregnancy. We also offer a maternity home program where they can live during their pregnancy and beyond. And then in addition to that, providing the material items. For example, in January, we saw 89 families that we help with diapers and wipes and connecting them to daycare and food assistance and other necessary things. And we do that with the staff of just two full-time, one part-time, and lots of volunteers.
0: Mm, That's amazing, and I wanted to congratulate you. I understand you've been with the Northwest Center for over 15 years. Could you tell us the most rewarding part about your job?
4: There are so many rewarding parts, but I think um, the most rewarding is becoming like family, walking with the moms from the time that they're pregnant till the children are grown. And for us, it means always being there. So especially in the maternity home with moms whose kids are five, six, seven, who still want just that extra... Support and encouragement and celebrations of life milestones. So, I think being allowed to walk with the women and having them let me in during those times sometimes of crisis or great need and trusting and watching them really flourish with the encouragement and
0: the support. Mm, the work that you're doing is just so vital. How can our viewers help the Northwest Center, specifically pregnant mothers and their unborn babies?
4: Absolutely. So you can always check out the work we do at www.northwestcenter.org. Um, look us up. We are in the heart of Washington, D.C. Pray for us. Donations, whether they be diapers, because all those diapers that we receive will probably be gone by the end of the month, to other baby items. And for prayer, please pray for us to be strengthened in this work and the women most in need uh, be able to find us. We
0: certainly will at EWTN, and I know our viewers will as well. Susan Gallucci of the Northwest Center, thank you so much. Thank you. That does it for this edition of EWTN Pro-Life Weekly. I'm Prudence Robertson. Until next time, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on social media at EWTN Pro-Life on all social media platforms. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we're there. You can also send us a message by emailing prolifeweekly at EWTN.com. we love to hear from you. Remember, life is a gift. Your life is a gift. God bless.